sounds good. Okay. So you have really good marketing people who are telling you to do these interviews right as American Idol is <laughs> is starting again, right? It is. Uh, I think it's just a huge coincidence. That is it? Absolutely. Because, um, you know, I'm so far removed from the bubble of American Idol that I don't think, we, we definitely didn't think that this would be something that would be a part of our... Um, uh, Plan as it plan were. Plan as it were for right. to promote the album. Like we just, you know, we knew our tour starts in a couple of weeks, so we wanted to like have the album and the tour kind of coincide with one another. Right, right. It just so happens because normally American Idol comes on in January. True, true. So, you know, um, new network, new time of year. So we you know we didn't really make that a factor, but I'm happy that it is. Yeah. I, mean, I got to get all the idle questions out of the way. Go ahead. So you started, like, you were there the very, the second year. Second season, yes. Unbelievable. So when you, you say you're far removed from it, but do you feel, still feel for these kids? You know, what what goes through your head when you see the ads for the show? And- I feel for any person that um, has a desire to pursue music, you know, and music is a part of their dream, you know what I mean? Because I know how hard it is to attain that goal like you know and even with even with somebody like having the opportunity to I, I meet so many kids that say oh Ruben I made it to Hollywood in the back of my mind I'm like thinking like you have absolutely no idea like how much further you have to go to get to the goal of the end like yeah and I remember you know um when I um made it to Hollywood and you know you come home and you can't tell anybody you made it and I remember going to the premiere of um, Drumline. Okay. So because it was like a, all they they basically invited all these music major kids, like band kids. Yeah. Coming, I'm in a music fraternity called Five New Alpha. So a lot of my frat brothers were in the movie. So we I got tickets to the premiere. I remember meeting Tamira Gray at the premiere, and I said to her. I made it to Hollywood, and she was just like, "Okay," right. but at that point, I was just like, "Dang!" Like you, you know. But once I got along in the competition, I understood what her like, because that's that's just a chapter of the long road ahead for right. these kids. You know what I mean? So they still reach out to you, absolutely, and you know, and I and I and I tell them I just stay focused because if you lose your focus, you're gone. Yeah. There is no second, you know, like one of my fraternity brothers actually made it to Hollywood with me. Really? Yeah, and he, you know, and, and when we were in college, what I college was it? Alabama and m University. Okay. But when we were in college, I thought he was a better singer than me. Like, you know, from the response that he would get from the girls, like he definitely was. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? It's like, um, that. Those competition shows take a special level of desire and focus. Like if you can't bring that same level every single day for the six, seven months that they are requiring you to be there, at some point you'll leave. If you get distracted by things at home or because like, all of that factors in. Did that to, happen to you ever? No. No, you were always. No, and I and I and I figured out a way to kind of stay to myself and have friends at the same time. 
So when I, I always found room to get my own quiet, you know, and that's something that people have a hard time doing is like finding that little area that's like their own. Like I could go in this part of the CBS building and I know I would be there by myself for 35 minutes and then I'm ready. Like I'm like killer instinct. I'm going on stage and, and, and vice versa. I think Clay was like that as well, which is why it made our thing so like natural, exciting and natural because right. On the outside, like we're both from the South, like, you know, we pretty much grew up the exact same way. We both, the only difference is, is with him, my, my, my singing was more gospel and his was more like Broadway stages kind of stuff. Right, right. But we all, we both had a similar upbringing. And which is why we're still friends to this day because we like, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we enjoy a lot of the same things, you know what I'm saying? So, it was it was really cool that they could take that they could notice that both of us had that same focus and they'd be like, Okay, let's pit them together or against each other. So that the country can kinda of choose sides because if you don't have a protagonist and antagonist, it's never gonna work. Like you don't have a TV show. You don't. And the best seasons if you notice like Fantasia season, like me thinking thinking back on that. They had four females that were all phenomenal. Mm. You got Jennifer Hudson and Fantasia on the same stage every night. Then you got um, Latoya London, who was still like one of the. They had three girls that were just like, and they they pit those three girls together so much so to where like you know as good as Deanna DeGarmo was, she made it to the end. But the people still clamored for though the competition of those three girls. People like, love that cutthroatness yeah no matter what so tell me did you have to pledge to get into this fraternity <laughs> i like, did and what did you do <laughs> i can't talk about that oh <laughs> but it was a great experience yeah yeah but yeah it was 12 weeks wow yeah. and you're all still buddies to this day and it's the, a tight absolutely yeah. i mean the school that i went to was not my first choice of school and because of that, it took me a while to kind of get into the, the spirit because my whole family went to this school. So I never had a desire to go there because I grew up around it. I grew up going to the games and being a part of all the pageantry. Because, you, know, you know, historically black colleges, we our football games are just like an event. You know, it's just you know, the bands. It's like are going to church. All the time. <laughs> but I, I just didn't. I, but once I, Five Year Alpha to me is what made Alabama A&M home for me. Mm-hmm. Like these guys who were complete strangers to me 12 weeks prior became my family.
like brothers. Yeah. Yeah, and even I mean, even to this day, my closest friend now is somebody I pledge with. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And we are. I mean, my mama even calls him her son. Like that's how close we are to one another. Like, I'm getting a little teared up. Uh, that's like, I'm Barbara Walters. Uh, no, nah, man. <laughs> but <laughs> Five Mu Alpha is, you know. It is and has been one of the most rewarding experiences of my life just because my father is in a fraternity called Alpha Phi Alpha, which Dr. Martin Luther King is in, Thurgood Marshall, like all these like amazing activists, iconic people are in our alphas. Find You Alpha, it, it brings the best of everything together, like our love for music and the desire to be in a fraternal organization. So you have all of these great musicians from Wynn Marcellus, Branford Marcellus, they all, were all They were all in that all fraternity. Five Alpha. Andy Griffith. Wow. Um, you that's, know, the, that's, a, that's quite the, a... <laughs> no, the list, the list goes, I mean, on and on. I mean, you could, I mean, I could sit here all day and list the amount of you're gonna have to write it out for me so i spell it right famous musicians <laughs> <laughs> who are part of the organization but yeah so you were born in germany right oh, dang, yeah i was so look at you doing your research i, I try <laughs> so how so do you ever get to like experience those types of roots do you you know I, mean, go I was back born on a military base so i don't really have any anything rooted in Germany. Got it. Everything that was there was American. Okay. And I was only there for six months, so. Okay. But you're a German citizen. I am. So, so you moved right away most and to my mom, Alabama. My mom's grandmother was sick and she wanted to come home and my, my dad stayed, mm-hmm. so. Mm-hmm. What type of military was your dad in? In the army. Oh, wow. Yeah. Because I know that you're very involved with, with um, organizations and charities. So mm-hmm. is that what sort of inspired you to do that? You know what? Um, you wanted me to be perfectly honest? Sure. <laughs> As with my foundation, the reason why I started it is because I wished that there was something like that for me. Okay. And I didn't, like, there was nothing that I ever needed as a child, like, monetarily or, like, clothing or food. Like, I had all those things. But what I did want is to see somebody from where I'm from doing what I do. And I never got that. And so for me, that was of paramount importance for me to, like, start my foundation and, like, Literally, like, give the kids that do, that have a desire to do what I do, an opportunity to sit with me, ask me questions, like, learn, you know, get them to understand why I feel like it's important for them to go to college, why I feel like it's important for them to continue their music education. Because people think, a lot of times people think that uh, just because people are on popular radio that they aren't serious about their craft. And that's not necessarily so. Like, in my mind, had I not left school before the start of my senior year, I would be somebody's choir teacher right now. Interesting. Like, and I could still do it now if I wanted to. It's just, you know, this opportunity for me blossomed into something else. You know what I mean? But all of my college friends, they're all like, you know, everybody that was in my circle of friends, with the exception of Jason, who I just talked about, it's all, they're all music educators. 
So were these kids, uh, were these kids underprivileged kids? No, they're not. I mean, I mean, some are, some yeah, aren't. You know what I mean? But yeah. I, I think that we we think that just because a child isn't underprivileged that they don't need something. You know, of course the child that's underprivileged needs a lot more attention than this child that has comes from a two-parent home. But this child that comes from a two-parent home also needs to see that there's there's somebody because you know, in Atlanta, a kid doesn't have to think whether or not he could wake up in the morning and somebody could discover him. Right. He doesn't have to think about that. New York, a child doesn't have to like like dream that one day I could be in a restaurant and some modeling agency could just see me and make me famous. They don't have to think about that. In Alabama, you do. Because we don't, why do you think Courtney Cox left? Like, I mean, this, you know, I'm saying, like, we have all these amazing stories from Nat King Cole and Courtney Cox, Hank Williams, all these people, but they all had to leave. They couldn't do it in our hometown. I want them to see that, you know, like, you know, you can make it, you just have to, you know, find your own path, like figure out what that is, you know what I mean? What are some of the results that you've seen from the charity? We've definitely had, I mean, the young man that was, uh, that just won uh, Dancing with the Stars last year was, he went to my first music camp, Jordan Fisher. Ah. Um, uh, we have, you know, kids that are like up here, like, uh, like trying to be on Broadway, like that. I mean, they all won scholarships to for musical theater. We have kids that are like music teachers. I have one girl that won my first scholarship. She's like a doctor or something crazy now. Like it's, you know, like the work is showing its fruits. You know what I mean? So we're gonna keep doing what we do. Okay, so now, Ruben, why did you decide to cover Luther's music? Like, had you met Luther before, or what was the inspiration? I've never met him before. Mm -hmm. I did. He's lovely. He was lovely. Yeah. Um, I don't want to make you cry again. I'm not going to cry. You only got me with that Find Me Alpha question. I'm good now. Okay, good. <laughs> I'm saying it makes me emotional, especially because the older we get, I might get emotional you know, thinking about Luther Vandross. The older I get, you know, I'm lose. You know, we lose. I've lost like three fraternity brothers in the last year, so it's like it makes me emotional when people ask me about that because it was a special thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. But Luther Vandross, yeah, was my mama's man. Okay. <laughs> like, my mama loved this guy, and ha without having never met him a day in her life, she bought every album. Every time he came to Birmingham, she went to all the concerts. She was just a real fan, and I think that maybe part of the reason why I'm doing this album is more, maybe more for my mom than for me. Like, Tell me you dedicated the album to mom. I dedicated it. Who is she? <laughs> <laughs> because if you didn't, you're going to be in a lot of trouble. <laughs> uh, 
I dedicated it to the Lord. Let's see who else is on here. Oh, to my mom. Thank you for playing Luther's music so much that it's etched in my mind permanently. <laughs> See, that's my way of thanking her because I'm being sarcastic. <laughs> because that's really what she did. <laughs> like, thank you for driving me crazy as a five-year-old. <laughs> Why could I not be listening to New Edition and I have to be listening to this grown music? <laughs> But here you are, here you are, doing, you know, all these wonderful covers. Ah, man, I I enjoyed it. And and, and the thing that I enjoyed the most was that there was no pressure. Mm. Like, you know, so every album I've done uh, for the past 15 years have been with a major label system. And this is the first one where it's just like, oh, that's how much it costs? Cool. I'll pay for it. Let's do it. You know what I mean? And I just came in the studio when I felt like it. I sang as long as I wanted to. It was my own kind of Yeah, it was just like no pressure at all. And and I also didn't like cuz a lot of times, you know, with we have so much technology now. Yeah. That we can, I mean, if I really wanted to, I could say two words and start over. Like, stop. I could come back tomorrow and sing another three words. But this, I just sang the songs all the way through. In one take? Like, there, there it's not one take, but I'm just saying, like, I sang it all the way through and we picked the best take. You know what I mean? Right. No auto-tune needed. <laughs> <laughs> no. People that are like into like the science of recording, like we literally can hear like, oh, because I, I was doing um, this past holiday season, I released the cover of Luther's first one of his first album records he did called At Christmas Time. Okay. And he hits a note on there. He says, Christmas Day, you can hit the tape. Play, eh, eh. <laughs> And I, but, no. but the whole time in the studio, I'm killing myself trying to hold this note like Luther. And all of a sudden, I was like, I said, hold up. I said, I had the earphones. I said, John, they cut that. <laughs> but I was they like, two, two, two notes. Right. And I was like, oh, I'm God. killing myself trying to like sound just like this dude. And he cut this crap. <laughs> it's amazing that you that you were able to hear that. Yeah, yeah. So what does mom think of the album? She hasn't heard it yet. No. Mm-hmm. What What are you waiting for? I wouldn't give her, I wouldn't give, because I know her. I didn't want to hear all the like, it's been a little better. <laughs> you know, it's only for him. Like when, I re- like when I remake his song, either she'll say, ooh, that was bad right there, baby. Or she'll say, well... It could have been a little bit better, you know. I feel like you could have sang it just out. Is that what your mom sounds like? No. (laughs) No, I'm sure she's, I'm sure she'll be very, very proud of you. Thank you. Have you heard it? Yes, I heard it on on a on an MP3. Yeah, I heard. I loved loved it, and I love Luther. So how could you not love this? You know, what do you want people to 
get out of this when they listen to it? I don't really have anything other than I want them to enjoy themselves. Mm-hmm. Like, just cut it on and, like, open a glass or a bottle of wine and just enjoy it. Like, I think we get so caught up into, like, what is the artist feeling with this? Like, it's like, it's just good music. You know what I mean? It's just to be enjoyed in that in that space in your brain like just enjoy yourself like don't really like think too much into it I just want to sing the songs that the people would enjoy Mm. you know what I mean do you do you like people thinking of you still as the velvet teddy bear absolutely you don't mind it no Gladys Knight gave me that name it's from Gladys is she did she did how did that come up tell me that story she was a guest judge on American Idol okay and she, after I sang a song, she was just like, I think you're going to be America's next Velvet Teddy Bear. Now, whoever the first one was, I don't know. Maybe it was Teddy Pendergrass. I don't know who it was. That's something to find out, who the but very she, first. But she said. <laughs> you're, Betty, you're Velvet Teddy Bear Jr. Right. <laughs> the second. The second. <laughs> and now, introducing for your listening pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you want to do next? Do you want to... I know you did a couple of movies. You dabbled in some acting. Is that something that you want to try again? I'm only, I'll only think about that if it's something fun okay. to do. Um, but what I really want to do is just make some new material. Like, I haven't really been in the studio to, like, we shall see. Cool. Well, it's a pleasure. Likewise. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. You're a great interviewer. Thank you. It's like your energy is awesome. You smile, and it's just, it makes me want to talk. Good. news always refreshing always candid always billing about robin milling delivers what celebrities are saying to you to you, to you.